celebrate the 10 best days of summer with Venus. We've marked down hundreds of our most popular fun, sexy swimwear and fashion styles, which means you get to celebrate summer with up to 70% off. Just visit venus.com to celebrate the 10 best days of summer and save today. Hey guys, and welcome back to yet another episode of When I Was 13. Staying at home has become so boring, and to be honest, I really don't know what to do because I've seen so many TV shows during this lockdown. Well, another way to spend your time creatively is by reading books and imagining the story in your mind. So I got in touch with Shreya, who is a commissioning editor at Penguin Random House. She talks about what her interesting job is like and how books became a part of her life. So let's hop on into our time machine to meet Shreya in 2006 in Delhi when she was 13. Hi Shreya and thank you so much for being on my show when I was 13. So let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what you like to do when you have some free time to yourself. Hi, Arishi. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I was really, really pleasantly surprised when I received your message. And I'm so glad to be here. So currently, I work at Penguin Random House, India, which is the world's largest publishing house. And I work as a commissioning editor, which means that I acquire new books, I edit them, and I help authors publish them. Apart from that, there's so much abundance of free time during this lockdown. All I've been doing is sort of, you know, catching up on my reading. I've also started cooking. I uh, recently learned how to make menus, which was mm-hmm. quite a feat. <laughs> it's very tough. Would not recommend. Uh, and um, I also, in my free time, love to play with my dog. He's a golden retriever. and he's two years of age and his name is Brown. Yeah. Oh, I really want a dog, but my best You must. Know. I I will tell you this that yes, even I always wanted a dog and I got one only at the age of twenty six. Mm-hmm. And um they are amazing. You know, parents who are the most resistant to keeping dogs end up loving them the most. <laughs> so it's a lot of investment of time, I will give you that. And a lot of responsibility, but it's so worth it. So mm-hmm. worth it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, it's a dog. What else can you get? Like, there's nothing more better than a dog. I agree. So, what year was it when you were 13? I was in class 8. Mm-hmm. I gave my class 10 board exams in 2008. 2006. I was yeah. 13 in 2006. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's pretty, like, close by compared to the other guests who I have. Because usually they are... 90s or 80s so we can yeah, I, will, I might get to know more stuff about how the world was when it was 2006 so yes. which town or city were you in when you were 13 i was in delhi and my school was air force golden jubilee institute in suburba park my dad's an air force officer so oh. that's where most 40 kids went yeah and um yeah like i said i was in class eight and those were good times no you know 10th was still far off <laughs> Studying was so fun. (laughs) So, as you said, your father was part of the Air Force. So, did you like go and move like to places a lot when you were a kid? Yes, yes, I did. I moved a lot. And in fact, uh, by the time I was done with my schooling, I had changed nine schools. 
So yeah, that was a rather fun part of growing up. You know, discovering new places. For example, did you know that the westernmost part of India is Nadia, and that's where we were hosted at when I was in KG. So that was great. Uh, oh, that's nice. So yeah. like, I've been in Kolkata since like when I was a year old, and I really mm-hmm. don't want to go anywhere because you know I've I've made friends here, and I'm so like all settled. But you kept on changing, and to me, that's kind of you know like how if I go somewhere else, you know how will I you know make new friends? How will I start this? So how did you manage that when you were thirty? Uh, so by the time I was thirteen, actually, I had been in the Golden Jubilee for about a year and a half. So you know, I had sort of developed friends, mm-hmm. but yeah, I completely understand what you're saying because you know, it's not like I enjoyed changing my scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a very introverted person, so it was really hard for me to you know, in the first few months, to just get to know all these new names and all these new features, yeah. and you know, just have everything change so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, by the time I was thirteen, I had already made a few friends, you know, because I had done class seven also in the same school. So it was still not that bad. And uh, I think staying in one place versus moving constantly—both of these scenarios have different merits and demerits. But yeah. if given a chance to do it again, I would prefer staying in one place and just you know making those lifelong friendships because they are so important. Yeah. So as you mentioned earlier, you are a commissioning editor, which is something yeah. I haven't heard about. So mm-hmm. what is it, and what does the job need you to do? In a publishing house, what happens is that uh, there's publisher. Each publisher has a team of commissioning editors. Now our job is to see what are the kind of books that people want to read now. Mm-hmm. What new books can we publish? If there are authors out there who want to publish their books, they they should ideally get in touch with commissioning editors because they are the ones who will you know talk to you about your idea. They'll tell you how to go about it, like you know how to structure your book, what kind of book is selling in the market right now, and basically what we'll do is we'll present the book to the larger team mm-hmm. and make sure it gets published. So apart from authors who want to get published reaching out to me, I also in a day like look at new ideas and approach new people to work on those ideas. So for example, say you know, I know we have a common friend who is let's say a scientist, and they've just done an interesting discovery about math. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So I may approach that person and say, "Hey, would you be interested in doing a book around this topic?" And they say, "Oh, but I've never written a book. I don't know how to go about it." So then, it's my job to a have have approached them with the idea, and then b it will be my job to also take them through the whole round of ideating about a book to getting it published. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Pretty really interesting. I didn't know about this part of you know publishing and editing for books. Yeah. Like an amazing, you know, it's really interesting, you know, how to understand the other person and you know if they like the book or not. Which I like that kind of thing. So that's really yeah. Cool. Do you like to read? Um, not really. Not really. <laughs> yeah. What? what I mean, how do you consume? Because like your podcast, the idea is so very interesting. So I just assume that you must be like a super intelligent. Girl, you do so much right now because at thirteen, all I remember doing is crushing on boys and just studying. I'm very boring. <laughs> no, it's not that. When I started, I turned thirteen like two years back. 
So mm-hmm. then I thought, you know, like the world keeps on changing. So how was it like at the time at like when my dad was 13 and all? Because, you know, when right. you turn 13, you're a teen and it's like a big stage, yeah. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I can start something about that. And I started mm-hmm. this podcast. That's how it happened. So when you were 13, mm-hmm. did you think that, you know, when I grow up, I'll be doing something around books or, you know, editing or publishing? when you were 13? No, not at all, not at all. I had wanted to become a doctor oh. for the longest time. Like since I realized what doctors were huh. and uh, I was fully like a, a science nerd and you know, all of the, I ticked I all the right boxes. Huh. But then in class 10, like when I, you know, when you have to choose your stream for class 11, yeah. my dad said that, oh, becoming a doctor is really tough work and it's like huh. a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. I think you should become an engineer. It's easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know that time I didn't fight with him huh. and I said okay like you know since you're the one who's paying for my fees I guess you make sense mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately I then became an engineer mm-hmm. so after that when I was you know when in engineering you have something called like a placement drive where companies come to offer you jobs is when I realized that if biology was my first love as a kid like when I was 13 Mm-hmm. Uh, books were my second love. Now, since the first love of my life had been taken away, I chose the second, and wow. I started working towards, you know, how to enter publishing. So it was much later that I realized that this is something I could do as a full-time okay. job. Actually, yeah. From engineering to books, it's like your job is kind of different. It's pretty creative, and I mean, engineering is also creative, but it's more technical. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a nice yeah. transition to see that happen. Yeah, uh, you know, what do you want to become right now? Right now, I'm not mm-hmm. completely sure, but I know I want to do something around economics and, you know, like, maybe specific behavioral economics. Like, I just got to know about that last year. That's oh, pretty wow. interesting. Yeah. Oh, my God, that, that is so fascinating. That is a good subject to be interested in. Thank then you. Then we have to read uh, Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. He's one of the best uh, behavioral economists alive. Won every award. Yeah, it's a dense book, but I think you'll really enjoy it yeah. if you're into the subject. Yeah. yeah, I don't read many books, but some books that I've read, if I like actually read a book, it means that I'm actually interested in it. Like I'm uh-huh. just not reading for the sake of it. So it's yeah, like, yeah. kind of like that. So, that's fair. That's a good, that's yeah. a good way to approach books. Yeah. yeah. So, as you said, you wanted to be a doctor, then you became an engineer, and then you, you know, mm-hmm. started your job in commissioning editing in publishing company called Penguin. Uh, usually, yeah, I started uh, at HarperCollins. Oh, okay. I just recently joined Penguin. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. tell me more about that journey. So, getting into publishing is a little hard, especially mm-hmm. if you're not in like an English major. Mm-hmm. So, what I did was first did a diploma course in journalism mm-hmm. and uh, then I joined this newspaper called Mint. It's mm-hmm. a business newspaper and their website is quite famous called Live Mint. Yeah. And yeah, so I worked there for about eight and a half, nine months and during that time I realized two things. One, that I'm still very introverted so reporting was not my cup of tea or coffee or anything for that matter. And uh, second, I made a few contacts here and there. I managed to, you know, sort of land myself these editing tests with both Penguin and HarperCollins. 
they would to get a job in publishing for anyone who is listening to this podcast and might be interested is you start off by giving an editorial test which shows that you know the english language enough to be able to hear tell other people how to write mm-hmm. and uh, once you clear those tests you do an interview and then if they like you first they'll give you a job and normally most people end up starting as copy editors which is people who you know fix your language they make your writing crisper better they check the punctuation and all of those things and then you graduate to becoming a commissioning editor so the same was with me i joined happy calling the copy editor for you know clubbed it out for a few years and then came into commissioning you've done a lot of hard work really inspiring see how you went from bio to reading with books pretty cool so yeah. like now that you're working in penguin and penguin is a pretty large publishing mm-hmm. company and you know they publish books for kids and adults so if anybody you know thinks about a penguin like before this whole brand came up they wouldn't relate it to books they would relate it to maybe some type of animal documentary <laughs> So why do you know why uh, it's called penguin because that's something i really want to know actually yeah i do so <laughs> it's a really funny story the person who started penguin mm-hmm. uh, i think his name is alan lane because what he wanted to do in london back in the 1800s was he realized that the books that were being sold at railway stations in london were way too expensive and way too horrible in their quality Mm. so that's why he thought he you know i'm going to start a publishing house which publishes good quality books which are available for the price of a pack of cigarettes oh, that then smoking was cool yeah <laughs> that's when he started the the his company mm-hmm. and uh, he chose penguin because he thought it was quirky Okay. and that's the only reason he literally thought that this was an animal that is so quirky it's so cute yeah. and it's so distinctive and this is this is to the best of my knowledge uh-huh. and of course i would recommend everybody like just uh, sort of confirm this on google as well but i think this is the story behind this really really cute mascot that we have yeah. i mean even the name yeah yeah I mean, it is a quirky animal it just wobbles yeah. around <laughs> you're so cute That's so, very loyal. Yeah. Yeah. So, as, like, when you were 13, books, everybody would read books, I'm pretty sure, because then, uh, I don't think Netflix and all was there. Yeah. So, and now, only a few people, like, few, if I had a choice mm-hmm. between a new TV show, which I would be really interested in, or, a, like, a really good book, I, personally, I would choose the TV show. But only few sure. people in my friend group would choose the book. So, mm-hmm. like, as you can see, like, if we move on into the future, reading mm-hmm. is kind of becoming, you know, the, like, a lot of people are not doing it. So, mm-hmm. uh, how do you think book reading can, you know, make people come and read books instead of, you know, find books more interesting than TV? Like, how can you change that in the, in the future, according to you? I don't think uh, books can ever compete with you know well to do is Netflix production honestly i see something which is catching my eye i too tend to consume what is easier you know it's the same thing with like having healthier food versus having junk food junk food is yeah. cheaper and you know it's just tastier yeah. so i don't think that's the way one should look at it because you really can't compete with good tv 
and uh, yes there was a time when tv did be fun but now it's not even that time have interesting documentaries and good yes. movies yes. so for anybody who genuinely wishes to you know sort of understand like want who wants to read but is more tempted by netflix i would just say this that uh find a book that is much like your favorite netflix or hotstar show mm-hmm. uh, if you're interested in like something like a money heist then look at books which have the same themes Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested in documentaries and there's such there's such good non-fiction, yeah. and similarly with any genre, so find a genre of book which you personally would watch on screen mm-hmm. and start from there. And the reason why you know reading as a habit will never die out or books won't fade away is because at the end of the day, when you read, you are one with yourself. Your brain is actively engaged. On Netflix, you know, you might be half a sleep, but you're still watching because you have to finish that show within that one day. Yeah. So with the book, you your mind is constantly engaged. You're learning so much new. Uh, you're learning new words. You're learning how to communicate better. And these are all essential life skills which can hold you in good stead. Yeah. And uh, other than that, you know, it's just plain like. A book in your hand will instantly make you look better and nicer. So as long as that vanity factor is there, uh, well, I don't think promoting reading should be a problem. True. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the books that I read properly and actually liked mm-hmm. was Wonder uh, by R.J. Palacio, I think. And uh, I think two years back they came out with the movie uh, too. But in my yeah. head, when I was reading the book. I right. imagine completely different things, you know. I imagine the scene in my head, but then looking at the movie, I'm like, wait, I didn't think about this. So, like books, like make you think and you know put you into creative space, which is something that you know people should think about. And you know, like if you want to think and you want to see something new, just pick up and read a book and watching something, which I think I should even. think about doing that maybe so, yeah. like you know yeah. i think often times what happens is people end up buying a book which is you know currently like everyone's talking about it so mm-hmm. i don't know about it maybe they keep looking for a book mm-hmm. and if it's not to their taste they will read about 10 pages and be like oh my god i hate reading i can't read this so that, that's the one thing like only mm-hmm. pick up a book you know like what you said earlier pick up a book which genuinely holds your interest yeah and even if you're reading five in a year Or three in a year, at least you've read them really well because you were interested. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's the better strategy to have than to you know buy every new book and think you oh, अब ये वही तो पक्का करूँगी because it is building up to failure. Like don't do that. Yeah. And don't ever be ashamed of what you're reading. Like don't let anybody tell you I have to ये बाली book पढ़ रही है. You know because we often tend to do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. As long as someone's reading, they're doing good. Yeah. True. So I'm pretty sure when you were thirteen, mm-hmm. uh, you said you love books. So what kind of books did you read in the year two thousand and six? I just calculated on my phone. I was thirteen, so I'm five to six. So it was okay. July. I turned fourteen. Yeah. So okay. yeah, five to six. As you like, you mentioned correctly, we didn't have the luxury of internet. Uh, mm-hmm. We had the dial-up nonsense, which went to 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 to, and we could barely get onto high five and off foot. You know, you were very right in pointing out that we had no option but to read or mm-hmm. play. Yeah. So the kind of books I was interested in is everything my library had at school. 
I made a deal with my librarian, and she would allow me to check out not one, not two, but almost seven books at once. Wow! She knew that you know, library period used to be once a week, and she knew that I read one book every day. So she was very, very sweet, and she did that for me. So yeah, anything and everything that was there in the library in the fiction section, I would pick it up. Uh, this yeah. included animals, goosebumps, short stories by O. Henry. Yeah. Um, and also she allowed me, I don't know how, and lots and lots of other interesting fiction. Wow, oh, that's nice. When I was like six years old, I would read like Anne Blyton and, you know, I think some books, I forgot. <laughs> I think the Cla- Millery Twins or something like that, I don't remember. Those, those were one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's something I really like. Uh, so, as when you were a kid, books were usually eight pages and you could like touch and feel books. But uh, now, you know, Kindle came around and, you know, we can read books through apps or our mobiles. So, how right. do you think uh, reading books this way can change in the future? So, we're already kind of seeing changes happen in the sense that, you know, you have lots of people wanting to read audiobooks, especially, you know, when they're driving or when they're taking a walk or they're in the gym. Or, mm. or, you know, like on the bus to school or to college. So audiobooks are a great means to adapt to reading because mm. either, even though, you know, you're consuming a book, you're not necessarily having to sit down and turn pages. Mm. So I think that will increase for sure as we go forward. And uh, otherwise, I think Kindle will also improve. Right now, you know, some books, are not formatted well because of limitations that the device has. Mm-hmm. So I see, like, you know, if you buy a book and read on iPad, it's a lot better than sometimes when you buy it on Kindle because uh, large picture books or children's books are better seen on an iPad. So I, I hope that, you know, they sort of improve the formatting there as well yeah. so that uh, the joy of reading is not diminished when you do it on yeah. a digital device. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, you can't really foresee how things might change in the future because I'm in bad at those things at the and transporting in that sense. So all I hope is whatever changes that happen, it just uh, helps people read better. That's yeah. all. Well, that's a good perspective on that. So uh, now we're going to hop on into a time machine and go back to the year when you were 13. So... Okay. Um, Usually, most of my guests, uh, mm-hmm. like my parents' age, and when they were 13, it was either 1980-something. So huh. so then, uh, usually when I would ask them about, you know, TV or something, they would just say, you know, I only have one channel, and that was Do Darshan. So was it different for you? Are In my time, listen, we had Sony Hot, we had Sony, we had Star Plus, we had this channel called Zoom. Uh, which now only shows really bad music videos. And, you know, that time VH1 was all the craze because that way you yeah. could see, like, you know, your foreign Western music videos and yeah. be like, oh my God, did you see that hot stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and we also had this one um, channel which showed this, there was a show called Remix, okay? Mm. Uh, it used to come on, I forget the channel's name now. That was all the rage. Like, Remix was to us what if you've seen her show, Sex Education is for you guys. Uh, it was you know, yeah. really brave and really new and okay. we, were all in, we were obsessed with it. So we had lots of channel choices for sure and we had good good TV. Like 
for that time it was not bad i must say okay well that's interesting yeah. Yeah. now the shows that i am watching is friends and brooklyn 99 it's one of the shows that i really like oh my god i love brooklyn 99 it's good it's really it's good so good it's so good <laughs> ஜென்ஸ்ட்ரீன் support mm-hmm. other women don't mm-hmm. fall into petty jealousies as you're going through your teenage years mm-hmm. uh, second would be if you're men respect mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. like genuinely start changing your habits into the way you would become a better human being yeah these are like overarching goals of course otherwise mm-hmm. on a smaller scale on a personal one to one basis i would sit down young shreya and tell her that like, you're worrying so much your career your you know your goals about your money and travel will all be fulfilled mm-hmm. my life and the planning that we're living on is all so unpredictable that genuinely try and enjoy every moment that you have as a healthy teenager mm-hmm. because sure. as you grow older you never know when a new pandemic might come yeah so really like you know as an adult i'm really sorry for what other adults have done to this earth and to our collective future mm-hmm. which is what makes it all the more important to do whatever you genuinely enjoy doing and stand yeah. up for it and uh, yeah given the times you're living in and like really really just live your life to the fullest in sure. every possible sense even if that means binging on a show that's really good advice so thank you for your time and thank you for coming on this show when i was 13 and i had an amazing conversation with you that i'm going to keep in mind Thank you so much for, again for reaching out to me. This was such a pleasant experience. I really, really enjoyed it. And Thank I hope you. we remain in touch. And uh, yeah. yeah, I hope your show reaches many, many more people. So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of When I Was 13. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did putting it together. For me, at 13, meeting people and getting to know their world when they were 13 opens up a world that I will possibly never get to know otherwise. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on your Android or iPhone. And yes, I am on Instagram and you can follow me on when underscore I underscore was 13. Catch you soon with yet another interesting conversation on when I was 13. The Venus Tempest Days of Summer sale event is going on right now. Whether you're headed out of the house or enjoying a summer staycation, Venus wants to celebrate our favorite time of the year with you. We've marked down hundreds of our most popular fun, sexy swimwear and fashion styles, which means you get to celebrate summer with up to 70% off. That's right. Venus's must-have swimwear and fashion up to 70% off. Just go to venus.com or download the Venus app to celebrate the 10 best days of summer with Venus.